0: Don't start a business for business's sake. Don't start a business because you think I'm going to make money or I'm going to be free. By starting your own business, you're going to be more tied down ever. It's really, really hard. You're going to get punched in the face every single day, 10 times a day. So unless there's something that you really care about, unless you're really committed to this idea or what you're trying to bring to the world, don't do it for the sake of doing it. Mm -hmm. Take the time that you need to prepare yourself before you go and jump and jump into the deep end.
1: You're listening to the 9 to Survive podcast, where we speak to the most inspiring entrepreneurs of Australia. I'm your host, Alex Whiteside, the CEO of Easy Companies. Running your own business can be quite daunting and scary. We're here to show you how to face those fears and help you build your dream today. We listen to the innovators, the game changers, and the thought leaders who have built their startups from the ground up. Hear what makes them tick, how they've overcome their own failures, and be inspired to take your own leap of faith and ignite your passion for business. So on today's show, we've got Dominic Neschke. He's running Cribs. It's a a real estate platform helping agencies analyze their data if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to us on the podcast and uh, check us out on YouTube as we also put these up there in video format. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. Yeah, and um, you know, tell us a little bit about what Cribs does. where the idea come from?
0: Cribs came about uh, out of necessity really, because I've worked in real estate for all of my life. I bought and sold property and and, I've sold probably more than a billion dollars worth of assets over my my life. And I noticed that one of the biggest pain points was really understanding who the clients were, the people that were buying the properties. So when I left my job, went about, sort of waffled about and did what I could do. And then I partnered up with my business partner, Peter, and he's really the tech head. And we said, well, how do we make this buying and selling property easier? And we've noticed that the things that we did well, we wanted to be able to make Uh, automate and make processes for that technology. So that's a really long-winded way of saying that, you know, Cribs is a technology to help us understand who our clients are in a very quick and easy way. We get all the breadcrumbs that clients leave all over the internet, find out what social media they use, what are their interests, habits, you know, how old they are, where they work. Quickly put that into a, a snapshot of that person. So whenever you inquire on a property, we now know a lot about that person that's inquired So we can get the right agent to talk to you or we can talk to you in a fashion that makes sense for you.
1: Yeah, love it. And did you always know you wanted to be in business? Yeah. Yeah, when you were young?
0: I think I was just a little shit when I was younger. (laughs) I hated people telling me what to do even though I was doing the wrong thing and I wanted to make my own mistakes. So um, even though I... Like
1: you, you didn't want to work for someone else kind of thing. That's...
0: Well, when I was younger, I I, I always looked for mentors. I would look for people that inspired me and I wanted to be around them. Um, But an element of why I think I was a good employee is that I was always trying to do things differently. Differently. You know, I was always trying to get out there, break things, make my own mistakes and learn. Mm. Um, And then, you know, that obviously comes in the conflict when people are running their own business. They want you to do things the way... They want you to do them. That's that's what
1: I found. That's why I had to start my own business in the end. Because I'd always go like, I'd give someone, you know, this is where I think the business should go. And they're like, hey, just get back to your job. Hey, like, you know, stop trying to run the business. And I'm like, no, but this is it. And then it just, even if you come up with an idea, it takes so long to get implemented. I'm like, no, that's it. I'm starting my business. Well, it also I just can't. looks
0: so fun for me because yeah. I, I worked with really good people and they were really dynamic, high energy, and they were able to get an idea, run mm. with it. And they gave me the responsibility the and power to, the to do it myself. Yeah, yeah. So then when you see people make their dreams come true, that's really inspiring for you to then go do it yourself. At a point you say, hey, I've helped you build this amazing business and I love what you've done for your life. Mm. How do I attain the same freedom? it's not until when you go make your own business you realize that um it's way way harder than they than they show you
1: yeah i know what you mean when you like when i think about you know what an old boss used to look like and the things that used to do i used to oh that's easy i can do all this right but then when you're actually on the in the sea and you realize what it takes to be a leader to be a manager to even just direct the ship it's challenging isn't it
0: yeah well you know we've been lucky because we we um, got, we're VC funded, so we've got a pile of money. We've been able to build some cool technology. Mm. We've been able to travel the world, meet really great, interesting leaders and entrepreneurs. And um, it's crazy than when, you, when you, you're you building your own business to then create that vision. Where do I want it to go? And then you're noticing how dynamic it is in the first, we're in our first year of operating. and how much the business can change the, the direction, but not necessarily the vision Mm. as in the ways that we go about trying to achieve our goals, um, change, but that goal hasn't changed. The problem we're trying to solve has remained the same. Um, so what, what got you like, what got you into business
1: aside from like wanting to do your own thing? What was the driver behind wanting to run your own business?
0: I'm going to sound not altruistic because I hear a lot of podcasts and I listen to you, Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins and I yep. read all those books, Simon Sinek and everything But you know, they they say you've got to have this altruistic worldview. The why. Yeah, yeah the why. My why was kind of a bit selfish. Mm. I, I wanted to be financially free. I think there's mm. easier ways to make money than start your own business. There is, yeah. But uh, it was the freedoms that come with starting your own business as well. So, I wanted to make money, obviously, and, and, you know, be able to buy the fun things that I wanted to buy. I was able to do that while I was working for someone, but then it came to a point where I said, I've got all the material possessions that I wanted, but I still don't feel fulfilled. Mm. Now, I want to go do it in my own way. I want to start creating and have the freedoms to go and do it in my own way. So, it was really about, I think, the freedoms more so than the
1: yeah I'm the same when I when I started my business it was about getting um, like just wanting the freedom to travel and to run a business it's funny because you get in for it for that and then you get tested through all of this other stuff it's like and then slowly that vision of like traveling it just disappears because you got to focus on the company and it's like uh,
0: yeah yeah.
1: It's, it's amazing how the journey unfolds because that like at least for me that why just opened up to a bigger picture which then became like you know delivering exceptional customer service and you know making customers happy and stuff like that so
0: yeah that's interesting you say that because like a, it unfolds in it, time yeah it's like you, you 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 cop a punch and then you learn something you cop another punch yeah. and then you learn something you cop 50 punches and you're like fuck this hurts yeah why am i doing this and it causes you to kind of reflect look at yourself and really understand well why am i in this and In that time, I've learned, by the way, can you swear on this podcast? (laughs) I guess you can now, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I've I've learned that it is about creating those magic moments, not to sound corny. Mm. Like I really do love doing that customer service piece. I like working with people, learning more about them, what they're trying to achieve and get to that outcome. Mm. And I think when you run your own business, you have the freedom and flexibility to work with so many different people, you get to sit in podcasts, mm. you get to meet other business people. You get to work with customers, suppliers. You get tested in so many different ways that you kind of left raw at the end of the day. But um, if you really love it, there's nothing else that you'd rather do. Mm. You know, that's it. So yeah, it's it's more about
1: the. Um, would you say it's more about the the journey than the destination? Like getting you know the big exits and stuff like that. It's more about just hundred percent. Like the process that you're going through at the time, right?
0: So a metaphor. Something happened to me the other day. I was, I was traveling. I just came back from Europe, and I got to meet my girlfriend's uh, nephews. So they're really young. They're two and four. And the whole day, we're about to go to the museum. Now, ordinarily, we when you're traveling, it's about getting to the destination to get in yeah. the plane, to jump on the bus, to get to the destination, and then I'm gonna feel happy and excited because I've made it to the beach or whatever. Yeah. When you're with kids that are so young, the journey is the experience. That's it. Yeah, they're like, we're going to jump on a train, Thomas the Tank Engine, yeah, <laughs> and they're so excited. And then you get off the train, like, wow, there's an ice cream shop. So for them, they're really brought to light that it really is the journey is the experience. And it was kind of like one of those reflective moments where I realized, I don't obviously I want to do the exit or get the big check and you know have all that success and glory and fun stuff, but if you don't love the journey, then you're not going to survive in the, in the industry. You're not did, going to want to did, do it. Did you make it to the beach? Yeah, well, we made it to the museum. <laughs> oh, the museum. Yeah, right. and that, yeah. that was awesome fun. Um, yeah,
1: I don't, my, my yoga teacher was saying it the other day, actually. She's like, you know, like controlling the mind. Like, you know, you think about mindfulness and stuff like that. It's not like, yeah, getting from A to B. It's like a child. You've got to move. You've got to take time. You've got to kind of bring it back into we're going here but allowing the space to kind of flow, if you know what I mean. Like you, you, you're going to want to go check out, as you say, the ice cream stand. You want to you do all that kind of stuff. For some yeah. of us, it's just like, got to get there. That's it. And you miss all that, the fun along the way, right?
0: Yeah. It, it's That's another thing I think, you know, mm. we keep reflecting back on business and like that's a podcast that, you know, you need to get your hands dirty and do the stuff that makes money. Mm. Um, and all of it isn't fun but also create enough space in the moment to not get stuck in that default mode network. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. there's a stuff that you have to do every single day and it's very easy to get stuck into those little thought patterns of just doing stuff and the same be thing. autonomous. Yeah. But it, it, you need to create enough space to sort of savor all of those moments and treat every single client differently and find out what, how can I do this differently? And what will make this more efficient? or even make space at the end of the day to then reflect and say, well, what actually happened? What was successful? What wasn't? Where do I want to take myself? And if you kind of get trapped in the everyday motion, you'll kind of just end up somewhere rather than a destination you wanted to be. Mm. If that makes sense? No, it makes perfect
1: sense. I think that's it. It's like, and you never know how it unfolds in business, right? It, you can end up pivoting into a completely different direction to what you originally you know, planned. So Certainly. And and that's what makes sense. Where did did the passion for real estate come from?
0: Passion for real estate, um, came from my parents, my family from the world around me. When I was quite young, I used to look up at, you know, the elders around me and I thought the people that owned property were cool and successful. And I came Mm. from, I had a really unstable, uh, childhood. And one of the things that I noticed that would have made my life more stable was financial security. Mm. And I noticed that when you get to a certain level of financial security, it allows you to think a little bit differently. It's like having water or air. When you've got enough money, it allows you sort of the ability to think more freely and think sort of not just survive, not just fight. And, you know, it allows you to kind of think a bit more clearly. So for me, that's along with a way of saying that by getting property, it, I thought it was a way to get to financial security, and then sort of free you up to do other things. Um, and it does; and that's it, it. it really does. Yeah. So um, working property is really liberating, fun, and exciting. Um, and now it's gotten to the point where I want to start building technology because where do I see myself in the next five or ten years? Property is a pretty stable, unmoving, immutable. T- asset class where technology is this new emergent exciting dynamic thing and i thought that being in data being able to interpret use understand data is where the future is going um now i want to marry those two worlds where using data in that real estate world what kind of explosive new exciting environment Mm -hmm. will that lead to you know
1: yeah well it's it's already changed hasn't it the entire real estate space like you know we're going online now to find homes. we're not checking the paper anymore but the as you say, the incredible amount of data that they're picking up um where do you see the future of like real estate going so if you could have all the technology or the data you wanted where where would you see the future of that?
0: well, what we're trying to do is engineer serendipitous occasion. there's a mm-hmm. little bit of like Jason silver there yeah where you fall over things as you need them. So what I mean by that is we inquire on properties. So we're probably in a number of different databases, McGraw, real estate, I mean domain, um, CBRE, Colliers, all these agents have all of our information. And then largely we just get sent these random EDMs that say, hey, do you want a property? And you're like, no, this is not exciting. I don't want it there's an opportunity for all of these agencies, all of these developers to use our information in a much more um, dynamic way to serve us information Mm. that will actually serve us. Mm. So if they know more about me, they know that I'm a wealth accumulator. So send me information that's relevant to me and what I'm trying Mm. to achieve in my life. So if you're a 55 year old, or six year old person that's trying to maybe downsize, you should be getting information that's going to serve you in your life and downsize
1: part. the house. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And so, I
0: mean, that, that's that's actually quite funny you say
1: because, like, my my current real estate agent, you know, I'm leasing, but they'll send me a match property alert. The same real estate agent. It's like <laughs> the 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 systems that they must be running there aren't in alignment with knowing who their customer is. It can't be. It's just literally, you were once interested in Piedmont. Here you go that's exactly we haven't matched the data to know that you're already one of our tenants like you know it's embarrassing that kind of churn must cost them you know internal
0: money it's like it's there's all this there's all there's there's a wealth of opportunity that's there they just need to uncover it and no one is I've spoken to all the major directors all the big business owners of all these big agencies and I can tell you both in London New York Sydney the systems that they're currently using are largely incumbent. They they're are. trying to get a number of different processes to talk, and they don't. But
1: this this is a a trend across all service industry, right? Like, yes, you know, lawyers, accountants, real estates, um, you know, bookkeepers. Like, it's all just getting shaken up with technology, and that's because it's very people heavy businesses, right, um, at the moment. But tech is just changing that whole realm, like.
0: I saw that happening and I said, I wanna be a part of it. Mm. And I was lucky because the market in in Sydney at the moment and even across a lot of major capital cities, it's depressed. There wasn't a lot of property transactions. So for me, the whole world was slowing down. Mm. And I thought, well, this is now a good time to innovate. What problems do I see? And why don't we deploy some capital to, and you know, some time and Mm. and, and creativity to try and make a solution.
1: That's, that's great. And like you, so you, you said you were VC funded. Yeah. Um, what was the journey like in terms of raising investment? Hard. Yeah. That's what everyone says.
0: Yeah. It's hard.
1: Hard in Australia or? Well, we, we, we had
0: that- to, we had to fly to London to go get VC funded. So we actually, uh, it's a bit of a long winded story. So we got invited to go and talk uh, in new, in Singapore about PropTech for our new company. We didn't have much to say so we got on stage and started talking about stuff while we were in singapore we thought we thought we'd try and meet other prop tech people we met up with this company called um property guru which is like realestate.com domain of of that whole southeast asian area and whilst talking to the business owner there he said you guys should go and i really love your business idea and what you're trying to achieve go on and inquire at this company called pilabs now pilabs is one of the largest venture capital funds for property technology in europe so we said, okay, let's send an inquiry. We sent through an inquiry and application and out of 450 applicants, we got chosen. So there mm. was six different businesses. We had to jump through about you know, five different interviews, a number of different sort of uh, proposals and financials and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, they said, yeah, we love what you're trying to do, but you're going to have to fly over to London and live with us for four months. So that's what we did. We left our families, went over to London, stayed with them for four months, got to meet a whole bunch of really cool, interesting people. They backed us and now they're still with us along the journey.
1: Wow, that's, so you couldn't find capital in Australia? Did you end up looking?
0: Well, no, we did look in Australia. We could find capital in Australia. Was a lot of it was gonna be private money, um, but we wanted, we wanted the structure that came from VC. Mm. We thought there was going to be other opportunities that came along. One of the things that we, we learned along the way is we wanted to be funded by people that could put in more than just money. Um, they could bring in a whole host of, you know, uh, IP, their own intelligence, their networks, but then also could follow us along on our journey. So when we go for our second round, then they can come along and tip in some more cash rather than mm. a private. That's we've run out of money now. We can't support you in your next round.
1: Which which commonly happens here in Australia. I mean, a, a friend's business, the same thing. They've done many rounds of private, um, and even you know, even accelerators and VCs here in Australia, and they just reached this point where like we can't like do a Series B in Australia. Like it's not going to happen. You know, you got to go to US for that. Yeah, um, definitely limited capital here, but it's it's awesome that you managed to raise it. Um, what what would you say the biggest challenge in terms of getting the business off the ground would be like just growing it scaling it what's one of the biggest challenges you've faced
0: well you know and i don't i don't you know it's funny you say because i don't feel like we've made it we haven't made it to that part where we feel comfortable you know
1: Mm uh so if if, if the advice was to someone just you know starting their business or you know be resilient
0: you know, I think you, you've got to... It sounds corny and super cheesy. I've heard people say it over and over, but it's true, that you got to really like what you're doing because there's no point in that in your journey where you're like, oh, I've made
1: it now. Mm. There, you know? It never
0: comes. And then yeah. it, it, it's not there. Uh, well, momentarily, it pops up, but then it disappears. Yeah, right? for one opportunity. Like, yeah. yes, it was all worthwhile, you know? Because mm. it's always hard. You've got to be nimble enough to keep on... Um, changing the way that you're going to approach that same problem. You, um, you know, you're constantly looking for opportunities. You've got to kind of be wide eyed enough to take it all in, but then narrow it and focus enough that you can mm-hmm. do the necessary tasks and make money and keep it on the table and keep your float. I sat with um, a mentor of mine just moments ago before this meeting, and he said his approach to business is just stay in the game. Try and stay in the game long enough, you know, if, if you can hit the ball back, if you will, and just keep keep on keeping on, if you will. Mm.
1: Yeah. Like don't give up.
0: Yeah, just don't give up. Just keep on going. You're going to uncover shit every single day. <laughs> just have enough grit and intestinal fortitude and passion to just keep on going.
1: Mm. You just have to make the shit that taste good, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you you were quoted saying that there was a need to communicate with millennials in unique ways. Yeah. Um, like what does that look like for your clients and how do you help them deliver that?
0: Well, I don't think that there's one way mm. and there's no silver bullet. I think it's understanding your target market, really understanding who the audience is and communicating with them in a number of different ways. Um, because more often than not, they're not paying attention. So if you've jabbed them in a number of different ways in across a number of different mediums and you know, you're know you touching them on Instagram and, and Facebook and YouTube and then you're SMSing them and you're sending an email and then they're seeing your podcast and one method isn't enough. Mm. It has to be multiple methods and, and the message needs to stick. You know, is that message clear? So So
1: you think there's a gap in real estate agents working with millennials, like in those platforms you're saying? I see there's an opportunity. Opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's not that there's a gap because everyone's trying to do different things, but I don't think anyone's really hit the nail on the head. Doing Um, it right. Yeah, no one's really doing it right. Mm. There's a a guy in
1: um, US, he was on Gary Vee's show Um, real estate agent in New York and he just puts up like photos of all the you know million dollar properties like hundred million dollar properties and stuff he's gone nuts on Instagram like a million followers or something it's you know I think it's about thinking differently in this space right
0: yeah and it's funny because you don't always know what's going to work yeah you know I that's part of it as well, is trying so many different things and allowing yourself to be surprised. Mm. You know, more often than not, it's like, you, you think you're going to be right with this one shot, and then it's some other thing that you did a little while ago that then comes back and then And like, that
1: worked, yeah. That worked. You only spent like a week on it and gave up. And, yeah. yeah, and
0: then, then it's like, it's suddenly getting traction, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, completely agree. And I mean, I, that's what business is about. You just try and you fail, and you try and you fail, and then you try and succeed, and it works. And yeah.
0: You fail heaps more than succeed yeah. personally, but yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: I was thinking about this just just a little while ago, actually. Like, it's sometimes I wonder, like, like our business grew so quickly, and then it's like getting that last like stretch. You know, the last mile is such a challenge. Um, it sometimes feels like it just took off, and then it's like, uh, how do you get to the rest? And you know, sometimes I wonder if it's a stamina thing, or if it's like. know because i know when you go into like a fresh business there's so much stamina and there's so much like um drive and agility you know Um, yeah you've you've been in business for a year right yeah with this business for a year you're definitely feeling that like that. yeah there's just
0: energy coming out of everywhere and you're trying to do everything you know yeah and and being focused enough to to do these one or two specific things yeah um yeah i can imagine you know i've worked in a number of different organizations and I'm typically, I've been that employee that stayed for a long time. And, you know, the last company that I worked at, you know, people commended them on kind of being an overnight success, Mm. but the business had been running for 11 years. So, it took 11 years to become an overnight success. It was this, they'd never quite made it, never quite made it. And then one day, everything just kind of work the market happened and yeah. then the market turned and this development came through and everything kind of happened but it was because they stayed in the seat long enough for yeah it that's, all
1: to that's tick what over. Um, that's what gary v talks about like that's the same thing with these podcasts we we do them um we're getting them out there but it takes time to get it off the ground right like you can't launch your first episode and then you check the stats and you're like no one's listening you know it's it's like he talks about it being like it took him 13 years to get to where he is now like 13 years ago he started making videos yeah Um, and you can go back and watch those and it it looks ridiculous but it's that kind of commitment like 13 years is a long time
0: it's a hell of a long time Um, and look how much he's to stay committed
1: and the key the key message there which I found very interesting is that it's when everything starts to get boring like do that same boring thing that's when it takes off it's like um, not to say that business should be boring, but it's like, he's probably kind of sick of doing these videos now, but that's what people want. They want the videos now. Yeah. And he's like, uh, like he enjoys it, but it's kind of like, get on the podcast again, get on the stage again. You know what I mean? Don't it's become like complacent. He's, a, he's an actor now. So you always want to then go to the next thing and work on the next funnest thing. But the world wants that Gary Vee, for instance.
0: Mm, reps not, and sets, right? Yeah.
1: That's it. From Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. just do it again and again and again. And that's what people want. They want that consistency. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's a really good point you make about overnight success. Like, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I definitely think Facebook, like the Facebook success story distorts the reality in startups. Like, everyone thinks, oh, I'm going to be like Zuckerberg and, you know, have the big Facebook, like, overnight. But this is like winning the lottery sometimes, I think.
0: Yeah, you kind of hear, everyone hears about those amazing, you know, firecrackers, right? Because they're the exciting story. But It is possible. It's possible, (laughs) but if you're in it for that, you're not going to last very long.
1: Yeah, and you'd have different challenges in a company of that scale and size. Um, In saying that, you've built a pretty big following on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, How did you get that off the ground?
0: Like what we're doing today.
1: Just reps and sets
0: just reps and sets yeah. I just you know I was, I was I read a bunch of Gary V's books and listened to his podcasts and I said, well, if I'm going to go and create a business, one thing that won't change is me. Hmm. So I better build a following and a brand and a reputation and, and let people see who I am and the people that like me will come towards me and the people that won't will tell me to get stuff you know, yeah. and I'll just delete them and see you later.
1: So you just you just got content set up, put it out there, posted it on LinkedIn, and slowly but surely.
0: Literally just gra- it. got a, got my phone, walked on top of a hill, recorded it. I got bagged out because of the language that I chose while I was, so yeah, oh, yeah. I'm up on this grassy knoll. And I was like, what's a grassy knoll, dude? And I just <laughs> kept on doing videos and pushing and then the following started happening. And it's amazing when you just do something consistently, who'd think then you get results, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's fortunate that I really liked what I was doing because then it became way, way easier. And it's funny because I was just talking to your team earlier and they said, "Oh, it looks like you're you're really happy and comfortable on camera." I'm like, "Well, that was a thirtieth take, you know." <laughs> so I chose the one that works, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I completely agree with that. It's it's funny how you just you just got to start somewhere. Yeah. But that how was that first video, like filming it? Because I'm sure a lot of people. It's painful. Yeah.
0: I was annoying it was frustrating i was on top of a hill it was hot i was sweating people were making noises i got the take right and a dog barked and then i got the shit and i'd start all over again and then i i you know eventually got it and shipped it and i felt like oh it's all gonna happen and no one really watched it one view yeah, yeah my sister watched and said dude your hair looks like crap you know oh, so-, yeah. <laughs> so then you just keep on doing it hey um it's i think i think the, th- the thing with Putting yourself out there is to be kind to yourself, mm. to know that you're not perfect, to know that it's not going to be great, and to be okay with it not being perfect. Mm. On the whiteboard at my old job, used to have this saying, I'm going to screw the saying up. But it's like, be okay, or you should be embarrassed of your first take kind of thing. The first version that you put out should be embarrassing. And being all right with it, you know. just keep on going and it's not going to be perfect but it'll keep on getting better over time yeah. actually sorry to keep on talk but it yeah. reminds me of this story that i heard there was a professor who was working with his, his students and it was a pottery class and he said um you can submit one masterpiece at the end or you can do like a hundred kilos of pieces mm-hmm. we don't we're not going to judge you on those hundred kilos of pieces it So long as you do 100 kilos, it's fine. By the end of the semester, the people that had chosen to do the 100 kilos of work, their masterpiece was way, way better than the people that had chosen to do that one masterpiece. Mm. So it was kind of like... It's a good analogy. Yeah, just just do the work. Don't judge yourself and just keep on going because it will get better.
1: Yeah, love it. And I I think that's the key for anyone getting into the content space um, is just to keep getting it out there. Just keep pushing it because it's like... One of the biggest challenges I had at the start in terms of putting content out was like, you think that you're not enough. That's, I think that's a very big one. Like you say, you realize you're not perfect, but it's realizing that you are enough. It's like you turn the camera on. You're like, what have I got to tell the world? No one cares about this, right? Yeah. And then after the 10th video, everyone's like, this is sick. Like keep putting videos up, you know? And you're like, oh,
0: yeah. Someone cares. Someone wants to hear from you. Yeah. It's, it's arrogant. It's arrogant. To, as long as
1: it's done from the right intention, yeah, I think that's the key.
0: That's right. Because it's arrogant in a way to say, hey, I've got something to say. I want people to listen to me. Yeah. Listen to what I got to say. <laughs> yeah. But then it's yeah. also arrogant to say that you have nothing to contribute. Because mm. you can say one thing and someone will grab it and say, That was amazing and thank you. So you owe it to you people. You never out know there. when that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's awesome. So you got it to twenty three thousand followers. Um, and I think those are some really good tips in terms of building a LinkedIn. Um, followership and you know I think that's it's a challenging network to potentially build followerships on so Mm. I think you've done really well there Were you putting up a lot of articles as well heaps yeah so not just video like video
0: articles I I got lazy because I like I I, I'm semi illiterate so writing articles became hard So I just thought I like prefer to do videos it's almost a lazy man's approach just grab a camera and start chatting and go do you you edit them or you just send it live I just do i just get them out there because yeah,
1: if i sit and dwell on I'm it i'm the same because i'm like it it just needs to be straight through but i mean some people are against that they say you should edit it but i think just not get it right the first time but the first take is what the world want to see basically like
0: i'll take a couple takes if i if i've screwed you're up
1: getting, you're getting up on stage and just let yeah. it happen you know. but if, if it's if it works just go try it out yeah love it um so Where do you see the future of the business going? Like in the bigger picture at the moment, you obviously, you know, you kind of see it sitting in this space, but where do you you really want to take it? Where's the big goal?
0: Yeah, I don't want to offend people with what I'm about to say. (laughs) But I I want to shake up all the incumbents. Mm. I want our business to move into agency world. I want Mm. us to be the real estate agency that will take on you know, the CBREs, the colliers, the knife ranks, the big dogs. We're um, lucky enough that we really know and understand agency world quite intimately. Mm-hmm. But because we've built all our own te- technology from the ground up, it's flexible enough for us to add the bits and pieces that we need to truly serve our clients. So I wanna be that tech platform and the tech platform and agency that will take out the incumbents because we're delivering the best service out there.
1: Mm-hmm. You'd love it. I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. Likewise. Um, what, how do you keep grounded as a founder? Like how do you keep, you know, you're putting out so many fires throughout the day and you know, how do you keep stable? Do you have any routines, daily practices or?
0: Yeah, I do. I think, because you take so many hits throughout the day it's important to sort of line up your successes as well um but you it sounds like you're kind of well read and you listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts um so i try and start my days really strong mm. get up you know have your glass of water hydrate go to the gym and and win in my mornings if you will yeah. go do the things i know i should be doing take my vitamins you know get up and do all that kind of stuff do the necessary reading and set my intention for the day and then I like to close my day by winding down properly. So get my notebook out, do your grand Cardone or whoever you listen to and write down the things that- The journal. Yeah. Yeah. What am I grateful for? What are the the things that I really love and appreciate about what I've done? Mm. What things could I have done better in my day? How did I win today? What's my grand vision? What do I see? What's that real big inspiring thing that wants me to get up tomorrow morning? And then also what's what's my mission? Like what are the two or three things that I need to do tomorrow or this week that will help me achieve that vision?
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So you have like the morning is just kind of getting into it, getting straight out there, winning the day. And the night is reflecting, reflecting back on everything.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: Do you do any meditation?
0: Yeah, I do Part of that, the evening wind down is meditation. So stopping Mm. for five, 10, 20 minutes, however much time I allocate for myself, just to just breathe, just just slow down and stop. Mm. Um, Don't do it as much as I'd like to, and I feel guilty about not doing (laughs) it, but yeah, yeah. At least once a week, you have to, you have to stop. Yeah, because it's just
1: just non-stop in startup land. Like you're wearing so many hats every day and like just one thing after the other.
0: You can be as busy as you want to be. Yeah,
1: that's the truth. Yeah, you can be the busiest person in the world. I realized that 20-hour days don't serve me anymore. Like I've had to cut back because it's just like you just work so hard and it doesn't get you any further. Well,
0: it's funny you say that because I started thinking, well, why am I killing myself? Hmm. It's so that I can spend time with my family, so that I can spend time with my puppy, and
1: but then you don't do that because it's yeah because you're around. trying to keep yeah. on
0: staying on that treadmill. So I think if you can, um, even I think this is a Tim Ferriss thing like block your time, block time, yeah. So block my my day into segments to do that task. It's hard to to not like while you're at the gym to not think about work, but it's, yeah. it's important to try and create just that. be
1: at the gym, be there, that yeah. present thing that we're talking about yeah staying present yeah 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 i follow that a lot at the moment like just being being here in the now being like working on what needs to be worked on today not in like two weeks and you know just really staying staying vigilant to one task at a time like working through that Um, and bringing that mindfulness to work definitely you know and to home and to home yeah
0: yeah blocking my time off at home and being present at home not- yeah, because I when like when I used to work in the office,
1: uh, so when I used to have a home office, they just blended there was just one thing like there was home and there was work. It was like some weird combination of both. yeah it's like, I'll just duck to the office for an hour and then you're suddenly there for another five hours at seven o'clock at night, you know mm-hmm. um so you're right, blocking it, you know, this is it. this is time to spend with family, and that's it um what would you say to anyone then just you know thinking about starting a business thinking about kind of taking that leap of faith
0: don't start a business for business's sake
1: Mm -hmm. can you expand on that
0: yeah for instance earlier we said that we we like business because of the freedoms that it gives you don't start a business because you think i'm going to make money or i'm going to be free by starting your own business you're going to be more tied down ever it's really really hard you're going to get Punch in the face every single day 10 times a day so unless there's something that you really care about unless you are really committed to this idea or what you're trying to bring to the world don't do it for the sake of doing it Mm -hmm. take the time that you need to prepare yourself before you go and jump and jump into the deep end
1: Um, you should not do anything for the sake of doing it yeah yeah just for (laughs) the sake of it on
0: on that note yeah Yeah.
1: that's uh Don't hang out with a friend for the sake of hanging out with them. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's because you want to, right? Yeah. Like there should be a purpose behind it. That's awesome. Look, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you. And um, yeah, really keen to see where you take the, you know, the followership on Instagram and just keep evolving that over time. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be quite powerful. So good to have you on the show. Likewise. So that wraps up this season of the Nine to Survive podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We definitely want to hear from you and any feedback you have. So either jump on our Facebook. We can email uh, me at alexateasycompanies.com.au uh, with any feedback or suggestions or if you want to be part of the show. And um, until next next season, hope you enjoy it.